Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Simple as Water is a soft-spoken meditation on love, displacement, and fracturing familial relations from Academy Award winner Megan Milan. This closely observed portrait of Syrian families filmed across five countries reveal the impact of war, separation, and displacement. It is a terrific film, and there's so much to like about it, and, and the intimacy in this film is uh, amazing. It's a testament to the filmmaking and to the filmmaker, and then with that, I'd like to introduce to the program Megan Milan. Megan, welcome to Film School Radio. Uh, thank you. Thanks for the kind words, and thank you for having me. Oh, you're so welcome. This feels like a film that was quite an undertaking. We follow five different stories and all about immigration, naturalization, family, all kinds of different issues are sort of intertwined in all of these stories. How long did this process take for you uh, to, to make this film? So the, it was five years in the making. Of course, we don't want it to feel hard, right? As you're watching it, we want it to feel effortless and inevitable. Um, there was there was um, quite a lot of um, pre-production and relationship building and research, um, and then you know, very meticulous and tender and editing, you know. And one of the luxuries of having we made the film all through arts grants independently, and so that's an insecure way to do it. But it also gave us the luxury of time. Take, take the time um, in the pre-production and take the time in the editing. The reason I said it that way was because the level of trust and intimacy, which is really at the heart of this film, had to have taken a while. I mean, independent of all sort of the production issues and all of that, but finding the people who are in the film, establishing a relationship and being able to document it, it, it just feels like a, a very ambitious undertaking but it pays off beautifully because I feel like all of these stories are a, a sliver of the situation that we that we find in the Middle East and Afghanistan as well that we know we know little about. We don't really know much about them, and not very often are we given this level of humanity, to getting to know them as best people and their personalities. So that's why I say that it just feels like a just a tremendous undertaking. How did you go about finding these people? What was was there some process How sure. did yeah so once i so sort of my entry to the film sort of the aha for me with the film was being pulled in i was the mother of a three-year-old at the time and i was just overwhelmed watching you know family and back in 2015 watching families who had managed to get out of a war zone be forced to negotiate with smugglers or climb over barbed wire and have borders open and close and i just couldn't reconcile it as a human being and then i kept thinking, you know, as a parent, what would I do in that situation? Would I rise to the occasion? Would I crumble? Would I let my child know how afraid I was? Would I say everything's going to be okay, even when I had no control over that actually being a true statement? So it was really sort of that point of entry for me that felt like a valid space to look at this. But I wanted to do these vignettes. And, and like you said, in this very like intimate deep dive way to 
try to simultaneously make the film and the and the world feel very small and very large. You know, we had to honor the scale of the displacement. But what I did want to do was connect on that very human level through that point of view of family and of parenthood. And so absolutely, I mean, the core of this film is the relationships with the families. And the way we set out to build that was I so, you know, first started doing phone calls. I had um, some relationships in the refugee space from having made Lost Boys of Sudan, which is a film that focused on Southern Sudanese refugees and just getting connected to as many Syrians as possible who had, had gone through this themselves, but also talking with freelance journalists and refugee advocates and artists from the region. And, and then, you know, with each of those conversations leads to a couple more conversations, but I started putting together sort of an ecosystem of a team. And so I had two Syrian co-producers who worked across storylines, but in every country, uh, we had small teams, um, always with a Syrian as part of that. So it was usually like someone with refugee experience and someone who had uh, either film or journalist experience who would go out looking for the families, sort of informed by the through lines of some of the thematics of fathers having gone ahead to seek you know, safe passage to make sure the journey was safe, or children taking on adult responsibilities, families being separated for long periods of time because of, you know, bureaucracy, gender norms flipping, all of that. So, so with all of that sort of intellectual, what we were looking for, they were then also just looking for that, all of those layers that make something, you know, or a person shine in a film. So just, you know, an energy and charisma and warmth, but also families so importantly that wanted to collaborate with us. And, and, you know, one of the things that was really distinct about this film is that there was, by the time I was coming to it, we, you know, I really informed the crews, like never utter the phrase, like, we're going to let the world know what's going on and things are going to change because by the time we came to it, you know, the world, there had been so much coverage, the world did know. And so we really needed people to decide to collaborate with us and invite us in based on just feeling like that shared experience of family and connecting was a worthy one. And so it's just an incredible amount of trust without, you know, predominantly the Syrians who worked with us on the film, you know, there's just no way that would happen. I, I always think of being like an invited guest, you know, we're warmly invited in, but we're still not family. And so, you know, it's like they're in charge. This is a sacred space that we're going to be present in for a limited amount of time. But um, I think we had signaled to the families too, that our relationships, because they predated the, the actual filming and because the field producers were either based or stuck themselves as refugees in that country, that there was going to be a continuation that we weren't going to, you know, get what we needed and be gone. And so it really was a lot of give and take and, and they were incredibly generous and, and, you know, at every moment, no matter how close the camera is, people are deciding what they're going to reveal to you. And I think, you know, it's just constantly honoring the trust um, at, a, at every moment. And, and so having done our homework, knowing we had gotten ourselves connected with the right families, we were there at the right moment in this trajectory that they were you know, that they were going to continue to repeatedly, the themes we were looking to capture were going to come up again and again. So we didn't have to have this sort of anxious, we've got to get this moment. And if the light's not right, we don't have it. It, it wasn't a film driven by plot points like that or big moments. I mean, part of, you know, my experience of parenthood is not banner moments. It's the dailiness, it's the little moments. And that's what we were trying to capture. And so, you know, I was trying to like, constantly remind myself and remind the crew like the, we'll, we'll have it we'll get it. it we just need to be patient 
We just need to follow the energy. And then, you know, in the editing room, we'll, we'll find the moments. They're there. If we're focused on faces and touch and yeah. gestures and stuff, it'll be there. Thank you for that answer, because that, that's, that is what you see in the film. And it's five, I, I won't call them vignettes. I don't know exactly the... I, believe me, I don't know. I say vignettes, but it's not quite right. Sort of no, vignettes. it isn't quite right, but yeah, but... But they're, they're not five exactly chapters. Yeah. yeah, chapters. I think that works. Five okay. chapters in the lives of these people. And there's a beautiful structure to the film moving forward. We, we begin with Yasmin, and she's a beautiful woman, beautiful face, really a kind of a very camera friendly face. She was the Madonna of this film for me. I, I when I when I think of her. Yeah. yeah. There's also an oboe note that we use only with her. No, she's very powerful and she doesn't talk a whole lot. A lot of it's on her face, right? Yes. Is it just yes. like, she's a very stoic mother too. And it, there would be different days where I would feel like, oh no, that's how I would have reacted like that, like that parent, you know, or this one. And, and um, she was so strong and so committed to her children. I mean, keeping sort of the routines of domesticity, even though they're living in a tent in a port, in an industrial port, but there's still nap time and bath time and the young children go to bed earlier than the older kids and, you know, these routines and, and then also joy, you know, she let them play. And um, I always think that she looks like a mother bird, like who's pushing the, her kids out of the nest, but keeping a really watchful eye. She knows exactly where they are at all the time. But like, I, I don't know if I had been through what she had, whether I would be so encouraging of risk-taking and joy and play and, 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 you know, but, but that of course is such a fundamental part of what parenting is, right. Is, is, you know, letting children out of innocence as slowly as they can or at their own speed. And so much of that is, is ripped away from her children. I felt like that was something she was really focused on. Without revealing too much about that, there's part of the story of their family that is heartbreaking beyond words, but what, what I was struck by, they're living in a tent in this port city. And it's, is that Athens? I'm, I'm not, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah Korea's port in Athens. Yeah. And how abnormal the setting is. And yet, as you described, how normal she was trying to make it. And there's one scene where they're sitting on uh, on some crates or on a, some kind of a bench. And these trucks are flying by on there because these are they're moving goods and out of, in and out of the port. And watching this, um, and this is like any mother's nightmare would be kids in traffic, literally. And that's that's what we see. But also it's a testament to her that they're, they're, were, they're very well behaved in terms of, you know, they understand a lot and they've been through a lot. So, you know, that it's just a beauty. That is, they're, all the stories are really powerful. But because this sort of resonates throughout the film from beginning and end, it's just a remarkable story and told so well. One of the things I look for, while having watched a lot of documentary films, I, I sometimes find myself looking for the comfort level of the people in the film with a camera in the room. Mm-hmm. And this is, again, a testament to you as a filmmaker. I don't see any of that discomfort, the looking, the kind of darting eyes around the room or whatever. Everybody just seemed to be completely at ease with what you were doing. And it pays off 
and I don't, I, I don't even know if I have a question. I just want to say that out loud. Thank you. Thank you. No, I mean, it's, again, it goes back to that trust to being clear on who's in charge, who matters, you know, I mean, I care desperately about my craft. I work with really incredible, talented, you know, filmmakers, DPs and sound recordists and producers, but you know, we're not what matters in that moment. And I think that comes through. I mean, I always, you know, let the people that I'm filming with know, like, we're going to roll a lot. Like we want to be here. All your little moments are important to me and significant, you know, so you just give us the signal, no discussion. You say, stop, we stop. And often when, if I'm working a language, I don't speak, I'll just say like, do a hand signal. And that's that. And they almost never actually use it. But you also can sense when you're tiring someone out, when they just need some alone time, like we all do, and then you retreat. And, and, you know, if you've, if you've done your work right, you, you will get enough if you just honor the relationship and, you know, don't, it's not that, you know, we don't ever stay a little later than we might be, you know, like, just like any guest who's having a good time, you might overstay your welcome a bit, but I always think of it that way. I've been invited into someone's home and I need to read from them when they might be ready for me to step away for a little bit. Combination of the stories of her and her husband are a powerful film. And I almost feel like there was a documentary. You could have made a, 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 you know, a hundred minute documentary just with those two, but the other stories are equally as powerful. And we're going to run out of time before we have time to explore them in very much detail, but Omar and his brother, um, there, Dia, am I saying Dia correctly? Uh, yeah. In search mm-hmm. of, her, of her son who's been lost in the war in Syria and, and someone who is her, is, is um, Yasmin's husband. It's, it's really, it's a remarkably well done story. And uh, the film, I, I don't think I've mentioned it often enough. It's called Simple as Water. And uh, it is, uh, how can people see this? Where it's available now? It's streaming on HBO Max. HBO Max. And, yeah. And then also keep your, we're doing, you know, community screenings as well. And we had, we had some theatrical dates, but that is past. But we're doing, you know, as soon as the pandemic allows, we'll be out gathering folks to, to talk about the film. It has a lot of layers to it that it's been really rich conversations, but it's also, it's streaming on HBO Max. HBO Max. And just to mention just the kind of the depth and breadth of this production, it's filmed in five different countries, Turkey, Greece, Germany, and Syria, and the US. So actually, so much to recommend about it. And by the way, um, you know, congratulations on all of it. You've been an Academy Award winner for your previous work and uh, the Lost Boys of Sudan. And um, congratulations. I really wish I had more time. I'm just gonna, I'm so sorry. I feel like I'm really cutting us short here, but there's so much here. So, um, no, really, the things that you, the things that resonated for you in the film are the things that I prize in the film too. So, thank you for that. It's um, noticing. We, we really wanted to give everyone sort of emotional intelligence about this experience and just a real connection to you know, what it felt like to be with these families. and um, Absolutely. The film, again, is Simple as Water, and we've been talking with Megan Milan. All the best to you moving forward. I, and I, the reaction will, I'm sure, resonate with so many people who have an opportunity to see this. And uh, all the best. Come back whenever, whenever something's coming up. So thank you. Thank you.
You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Thank you.